To probably science. I'm Matt Kirshen. I'm sad opposite Andy Wood. Hey there, Matt. We're indoors now. It's warmer. It is much warmer. We recorded last week's episode about an hour and a half before this week's episode, and it was cold then, and now it's colder. So we're inside. There's a roaring fire. It's it's beautiful. There's chestnuts roasting on it. Mm-hmm. There's cats in sweaters stretched out in front of it. I had to rent those cats. Yeah, they didn't come cheap. No. Uh, th- we have spent most of the show's budget on cats, but... I don't think it was the best idea. I don't know. I still think it was a good plan. I still think it was the right thing to do. Hey, we've got a guest. Uh, Meow. <laughs> the money was well spent. The money someone's was well been spent. doing improv. <laughs> someone's yes-handing that scene. Hey, an old friend of mine from that there England over here right now, a brilliant sketch comedian, actor, writer, all sorts, formerly part of Watson and Oliver, the sketch double act and TV show, and you might have also seen her in Peep Show and in that Doctor Who or something. Uh, Doctor Who. Oh, it's Doctor Who. (laughs) It's Ingrid Oliver. Yay. Hello, chaps. Thank you for joining us. No, it's a lovely scene here. Um, it's very cozy. It's very co- it's it's so cozy. It's almost it almost doesn't lend itself to podcast. <laughs> we were debating having a whiskey, weren't we? Yeah, it really does seem like a whiskey night. Yeah, it's uh, it's a whiskey and chill. This Netflix is Netflix and whiskey night. My Netflix and chill. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Netflix and chilling. That's doesn't that code for something else? I know. Yeah. Um, I, Amazon is- Prime and chill is what I would do. Is that this less code? Is, this is the first house I've been in in LA with a a, a, a fire going. True fact. Oh, really? Well, it's not been cold enough so far. Yeah, I mean, I guess this thing doesn't get that much use. This is like a one month out of the year sort of thing. Mm. But it's hypnotic. I'm going to stop, yeah, stop looking at it because it's making it's it all drawn towards this fire. I like, know. I'm going to look away from it. I want to believe that it'll it'll inject like a, a calm to the proceedings that will transfer even audio audioly and people. Yeah, a lot of you just going about your day. Yeah. Driving around. Like embrace it's 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 the words we aren't saying. This is like podcasting jazz, right? Right. We can let some pauses. It's the stories breathe. we forget to read, right? That's exactly right. Hey, how's uh how's America treating you, Ingrid? Um, very well, actually. It's a lovely place, isn't it? It's is nice, isn't it? Yeah. Although it was it was it was raining all day today. It was. That's always a bitter disappointment and, when you come uh, to LA and yeah not what I signed up for at all and mm. the roads aren't equipped to deal with rain and the no. drivers aren't equipped to deal with those roads and it's really funny when it, when it rains or when there's wind all the, all the palm trees shed their load as yeah. it were so you're driving down the road and you think what the hell's that and do you think it's roadkill and it's just it's just whole whole palm trees pretty much yeah um, it looks very like walking dead some of the roads I was yeah. driving down today it's like they were setting stuff up for like a post-apocalyptic shoot did you go down Magnolia coming back from brunch, Matt? Yes, I did. Right the, past that park? The, the very broken car. Oh, that also. Yeah, yeah. People were just losing their minds. I mean, like, to be fair, there was a lot of standing water. Those ruts that, that, that are supposed to be there for drainage that instead just get clogged. Like, when you go through the intersection, you have to slow down or else you'll bottom out on those, like, pumpy things, you know? Yeah. Those are there for drainage, and that's where just the water just pools. It doesn't work at all. Like, nothing works rain-wise in this town. I love that, and I love that we've re- well. I brought up weather immediately, being yeah. British. It's a thing to do. I know. I didn't want to let anyone down, so mm-hmm. so we've covered we that. Justify the fire. Tick, yes. Tick to the weather, but no, I'm loving it. 
Uh, it's I'm enjoying it very much. Yeah, they're really nice. Everyone's really nice. Everyone's so nice. I'm really positive, and even if it's full of is shit, it, is it that much different than? Yeah, I think yeah. The older I get, it's funny when you say when you say that you're 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 sort of spending a bit of time in LA. Londoners get very snooty about it. Um, they think that we're our phonies. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but actually, the older I get, the more I'm into I'm into people being nice and happy and smiley. <laughs> and even if it's more bullshit, options. even if behind it is yeah. bullshit. Yeah, it kind of doesn't matter, does it? It's no. not like if, if I get the benefit of it, which is being treated well, I don't care what your motivation is. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's an element to which someone who's being nice to you because they think that's something they should do is still kind of nice. That's still nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, to what extent does anybody do anything nice for a reason beyond that? You know, like, well, just because they're such good, pure of heart people that they can't help but be nice. I will say there's um, there's a funny thing if you go into a store and then oh see I'm calling it store not shop yeah I've already changed um, if you go into a store and they say um uh, you have a great day and you go thank you uh, no 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 that's not the thing when they go how are you you know how are you and you go I'm great how are you and you ask them back there's like a meltdown like a shutdown that's not the script it's like people don't ask it's like people don't ask them back how are you because oftentimes I don't get a response I just yeah, I'm ignored when I they say just how, like start that, scanning yeah, stuff when I say how are you and they just don't answer me I'm like oh okay <laughs> um, wouldn't that be an argument for the Brits being more friendly than Americans or? Wouldn't it, uh, this is a, a, an overexcited Brit okay. who's in America not used to that level of kind of you're just interest. yes ending her enthusiasm I'm yes ending and she's like no 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 it's just the one way yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. They don't answer me back. That's not how this works. Okay. But I'm learning. So how are you? <laughs> I'm great. Great. Uh, yes. I'm not ill, which both of you are, which is a shame. It's, uh, I just, I think I have my dad's thing where when I get a cold now, it just like sits in my chest for two weeks afterwards. It's, oh dear. It's age. Uh, no, thank you. Sorry. No, thank you. Was your dad a coal miner or something? Yeah. <laughs> I inherited black lung. <laughs> got it. Got it from a mosquito. Hey. Is that too early of a transition? And yes, we'll we'll get back to that. That's foreshadowing. Oh, yeah, I like that. Hey, Ingrid, before we get into hey, any Matt. stories, we normally like to ask our guests, "What, if anything, is your background in science?" Ah, <clears throat> oh, oh, yes, my background in science. Um, well, I didn't really have one. Uh, well, except I used to go to a German school because I'm half German. I went to a German school in London, and. Uh, they were big on science early on. So they had quite an advanced... Shut up. <laughs> um, they had quite an advanced um, curriculum. Uh, uh, so we were learning quite complicated uh, scientific things at quite an early age. Uh, and then I went to an English school and that all just stopped. Did you do A-levels so, or did you do like the international baccalaureate? Uh, no, I did. I, I moved to an English school when I was about 13. So I did do A-levels. But yeah, science wasn't as, wasn't as important in, in the English school for some reason. Um, and I was very artsy, so I stopped doing it as soon as I could after um, GCSEs. Because this is something we talked about on the show before, the fact that in Britain you just specialise a lot earlier in school. Yeah. By the time you're 18, you're down to three subjects, and by the time you're 19, you're down to one. Yeah, which is, I don't know. I think there's probably, I don't know. I, I think I'd like to go, I think, I've thought about this quite a lot, I'd, quite like to st- I'd like to do another degree now. And I'd be totally ill-equipped to do something scientific because I don't have any of the backgrounds that would be required for that. But maybe something about history. Maybe I could do that because mm. I studied literature. So you can do you can do history with literature. You can do history anytime. I feel yeah. Like. yeah. yeah. Um, Although there's more of it now than there was when you more. first yeah. could have done it. 
Like, oh, you're right. Well, no, don't worry about it then. Forget yeah. about it. But my, 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 the, my, the men in my family are very scientific. My brother, my brother, brothers, and my father are engineers and did, did all the sciencey stuff. And um, do you still speak any any uh, scientific German? Mm, nicht wissenschaftliches Deutsch, aber normales Deutsch, uh, which means translated. <laughs> um, it is, yeah, I don't speak scientific German, no. Ah. But, but German, German, I speak. German, German. German, German. But um, does your German have an English accent, or is it? No, it's very. Um, it's 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 like my German accent is like my English accent. It's quite proper. It's right. Proper. They call it Hochdeutsch, which is like. RP. Is that High German? Yes, it is High German. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I have an accent. I don't think so. So you sound when you speak German, you sound kind of like a baron, or exactly like a baron. Yeah, yeah. Do you like to? Uh, <laughs> do you like to try to trick Germans into trying to say the word squirrel? No. Have you ever seen YouTube videos of Germans trying to say the word sounds, squirrel? No, but I can already imagine that that's very Squ- funny. Squirrel. 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 Are they just sounds that German? I guess they are sounds that German. Squirrel. Well, the squirt would be a problem. Well, anything with th in is a problem as well. But that's really funny. Squirrel. 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 That's very funny. I will obviously YouTube that as soon as I get home. You've seen, I presume. This was going around the internet about a year ago that the Benedict Cumberbatch can't say penguin. <laughs> oh, I saw. Is it penguin? <laughs> what is penguin? He was narrating a, a nature documentary, and each time he has to say penguin, it comes out slightly differently. Really? Penguin? Oh, yeah. No. All he right. has such marvelous diction. I can't imagine that he that does. Would be a but problem. for some reason, he just everyone has their blind spots. That's very funny. I don't think I have, she said arrogantly. Um, There's not a word in the world <laughs> that doesn't funny, come out though, that's, not, that's not even one of the tricky ones, is it, really, penguins? It's penguins. Crested penguins. Parent penguin heading home. <laughs> so why are these woodlands so attractive to penguins? That's not real. <laughs> that's seeing penguins. It's not sometimes. real. That's, that's not real. real. <laughs> it's absolutely not real. He. That's. There's no way. <laughs> well... Mm. Blow me down. Yep. Um, oh, Benedict. Oh, Benedict. We'll, we'll link to the Benedict. Germans trying to say squirrel on probably squirrel. Yeah, squirrel. No, I'm, I'm squirrel. Here. I don't even know if that's a thing I heard or actually saw on you. T- uh, squirrel Germans. <laughs> yeah, here's 10 Germans trying to say squirrel. You get it. You get it. Squirrel. 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 Bless the Germans. Bless them. Yeah. Bless them. It's about time somebody did. What are you going to say? No, I was going to say, because German is a very, I would say, scientific language. Everything is very, is beautifully specific and precise, and as you would expect and hope. So so words, uh, words, right, you know, if if we had a long phrase for like, you know the 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 car that dry that lifts heavy things uh, in a factory. Um, the Germans would have would make a new word out of those three or four elements, those words, and yep. make a new word. It's a super long word. A super long yeah. word. Um, it's very. It's it's. I find it quite beautiful. Um, and also, German pronunciation is unambiguous. If I remember rightly, from my GCSE German. Yes. Like if you see a word written down. Yeah. 
there's never any question over how that would sound. No, especially if you, as long as you've mastered the umlauts yep. and you know how they're pronounced, Tricky. then then that's all good, yeah. But it's yeah, it's utterly phonetic. Yeah. Can you do the... So how would you describe how to do the umlaut words? Um, so... Uh, umlaut, le- umlaut letters, I mean. It's just a letter E after the... Well, so you, yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're transcribing it, so you with the umlaut over it, if you were transcribing it as U-E, but you, so it's pronounced U-E. So Uber should be U-E-B-E-R. It's Uber, yeah. Uber yeah, yeah. it would be. Uh, and O, O umlaut is a uh. 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 <laughs> um, And then what's the other one? O-A umlaut is uh. And how is it without the umlaut? Ah. Uh. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to year. Yeah. But like, for example, Jägermeister is why it's J-A umlaut. Yeah, so, so Well, they spell it J-A-E, I think, but it's, the umlaut is Jägermeister. Yeah. But you said the A would be, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, Jägermeister. Jägermeister. Yeah. Okay, yeah. no one can decide how to do the O-E, which is, I guess, just the O umlaut in English names. Yeah. And I think most people these days kind of just do like a long A. Yeah. Like Matt Groening or, or David. Or Matt Groening. Or John Boehner. Yeah, yeah. But or, then David uh, Keckner is just sort of E. I think everybody who has that in their name just decides a different way of how they want it said. We anglicize people anglicize, don't they? Yeah, yeah. If it makes it easier. It should be like Groening. 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 Matt Groening. Or like Gun- Gunther in uh, Friends. Mm-hmm. My my uncle is actually called that name, but it's in Germany it's U umlaut, so it's Gunther. Not good. And th in German is t. They oh, there's have, they no. They don't have th, so it would be Gunther. This is in, this is just fascinating facts, guys. I'm sure this is the worst listening. Yeah, this is like like Dr. Gunther von Hagen, the uh, the, the bodyworks guy. Bodyworks guy. Yeah. How do you guys both know the name of the bodyworks guy? I've been to the exhibition and it's all over the place. I, I found it very difficult. I, I yeah. could never go. I don't think I could tough. do it. I found it tough. I I I kind of. I went. I went with my friend Helen, who's a doctor. So that was kind of cool because she was telling me stuff and pointing. Yeah. I got a sort of a good guided tour. What what but I got so from that was, oh, we're all going to die. That's what I got. What got from it? Yeah. It's like, oh, we're mortal. We're very much mortal, and I don't like looking at human bodies that are dead. Let me try to make it sound like away. it's scientific that you cut somebody in half and had them throw a frisbee or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> why is that? Just a bit of fun. Yeah. Just a bit of fun. It's weird that they all died in those positions. Right. What are the chances they found? Yeah. That's. Someone who died, and aren't they also all like Chinese dissidents? <laughs> like, I think there was some, I there was some controversy over the origin of some of the <laughs> yeah, bodies. Some of the bodies That's may have true, come about, uh, may I, have been procured in. Uh, I'm now going to have to look. Google, eh? What would we do without Google? Look, at, Matt's just looking that up now. I know. Squirrel. Oh, now I'm finding Bed Bath and Body Works. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Bed Bath and Body Works is a thing. Uh, body, wo- oh, body world. There we go. Yeah. That's why I couldn't find it. Oh. Okay, so body worlds, uh, controversies. Here we go. Controversy. Oh, controversy. <laughs> controversy. Controversy. Um. All right. So fair, here are the various controversies. <laughs> uh, religious objections. All right. Yeah. Well, that's fairly. That goes saying. Um. Okay. He did unveil in 2003, while promoting a display in the Hamburg Museum of Erotica, a sex plastinate, which is a couple having sex. So that's... You know that's what? Not... I, don't, I kind of don't care. Like, if yeah, I that's... donated my body to him, I'd be like, all right, fine. I happen to be... Well, you know, then... I hope the person that I'm having post-mortem sex with is a good person. You know, I hope we're compatible. Right, right. right. I hope that we have, you know, good, the right star signs. Mm-hmm. 
as I check any of my partners. Is um Oh is the is the penis a muscle? No. So in terms of that, how would that would that would how do you always, plastinate was it a muscles? penis? No, it, it was everything. Was it, it was it's some of it was penis? skin. He even did like um just the blood there was there was at least one in there that was just the blood vessels of the body just yeah. by itself but it still has the body yeah I've seen so that. whatever technique he has you can just have any blood just the blood vessels by themselves right so I you think you didn't answer my question though yeah I'm still wondering how you get the, how the, you get a the dead... copulating oh did you, you did you, you didn't see the copulating ones uh, I the, didn't okay, see it. Just, yeah, okay. just but you're not seeing anything about the bodies themselves being found. No, I presume it was like the penis was erect and it was just inside. It was in there. Oh, Matt. There's no need for that kind of language. <laughs> Sorry, the, the the cock was erect. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. It's grown-up words. Um, so consent, here we go. Yeah, uh, in fact, your national news magazine, Der Spiegel, reported that in 2004 that von Hagen's... Um, had acquired corpses of executed prisoners in China. He claimed he didn't know the origins of the bodies and returned several disputed cadavers to China. And then he obtained an injunction against the Spiegel for making the claims. Um, uh, Questions regarding deceased hospital patients from Kyrgyzstan. And there was an ethical commission set up. I I feel like Mm. if you're sourcing... You know, and there's always controversies about you know when when like an eco fashion label gets its it doesn't hasn't figured it hasn't realised that its cotton is being sent from sweatshops in China. I feel like if you're if you're doing a body works exhibition, I think I feel like bodies is quite a major thing to to find out where the source. <laughs> yeah, you can't say like there were so many middlemen that I just didn't know. Yeah, where this, I mean, uh, like when it's still wearing handcuffs. Oh dear. Well, that's left a nasty taste in the mouth. But it's like, even though the end product might be sort of educational and maybe entertaining, like, the fact that there's a dude who's dedicated his life to this, isn't that suspect enough that we can all be like, that alone? I I don't know about that. I mean, there's definitely definitely elements to which people go there because it's sensational rather than educational. Right. Well, of course. And yeah, yeah, I, I... be lying if I said I went there entirely to for learn the about anatomy. I know. I I I, I thought my uh, my textbooks weren't cutting it, so I <laughs> went to see. But you know, I, I, but then all museums will attempt to have some element of entertainment factor mixed right. in with the pure education of it. Right. Have you been to the Horniman Museum? It's amazing. Uh, I think we've talked about it on this show you? before. Have you talked about the walrus? I, we might uh, have, yeah, you have definitely. Yeah. We've it's definitely like this, the famous walrus that, that's been over, overstuffed yeah. because the people, the Victorians, didn't know what a walrus looked like, so they put they just kept stuffing it. It's brilliant. We've and gone it's... we've gone down the bad taxidermy road many times <laughs> oh, yeah, on yeah. this podcast because there's the sure. Gripsold oh, Lion as well, which is my yeah. favourite bad taxidermy. Wait, what what the Gripsold Lion? Uh, I'll show you a picture of it. We've talked about <laughs> it on the show before. Talked about it so many times, I but know. it is great. I mean, like oh, never gets old. Lion, I think it is. not with me you to look up. I would like to hear about this lion. But listeners, we're not going to spend a long time on this. I promise. But yeah. The Horniman Museum is such a weird museum because it has one dis- one thing that is just bees, just some bees. So oh, this is the good Oh my goodness gracious me! That's going to give me nightmares. <laughs> Those giant teeth. Yep, and giant a, teeth in the in the in like a, way. a jerky tongue, like yeah. a big bit of jerky. Oh, I've never seen there. someone. P- Put it in the MGM Lion logo. Yep, and there's another one of it in the Wizard of Oz. Excellent. <laughs> well. Excellent. I didn't realize it's actually a lion meme. 
but uh yeah it's great i love some bad taxidermy mm-hmm. i love we've talked about this as well i love some well-meaning but very flawed intent or yep or perfect intent bad execution mm-hmm. there's a chronicles of narnia one <laughs> <laughs> a Siegfried and Roy it's everything yeah, just it's anything everything. you can yes. think of to put a lion yes. in there's one of that with a Gripsome lion mm-hmm. it's um should we get into a story or two yeah let's do a story or two you know it was raining today we all knew about it because we have the magic of uh weathermen but if we didn't we'd be fucked unless we were honeybees <laughs> because honey this is the worst ah. <laughs> that's, a terrible, that's a great segue no thank you but I think uh, I would have benefited from some whiskey today I think uh, honeybees know when it's going to rain so they work more before it starts busy bees get busier if the next day looks rainy this is according to Zhu Zhang He and colleagues at Jiangxi Agricultural University in Nanjing, China Nanjing, China, who attached tiny... <laughs> so, can, can you say well. Hey, Andy, I missed that for a second. Could you just tell sure, me the names uh-huh. of those Sure, sure. Zhu He and colleagues at Jiangxi Agricultural University in Nanjing, China, oh, yeah, cool. who attached tiny radio frequency identification tags to 300 worker bees uh, from each of three hives. They used these to monitor when the bees left the hive, how long they were gone, and when they quit work in the evening. And the bees spent more time out of the hive foraging and stopped work later in the afternoon when the following day proved to be rainy rather than sunny. They seemed to be responding to cues such as changes in humidity, temperature, and barometric pressure that preceded rainstorms. It's pretty amazing. Uh, the finding is surprising because honeybees should not need to set aside extra stores of food for a rainy day, says Gene Robinson, a honeybee expert at University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. Honeybee foraging ecology is not based on immediate need. They're a hoarding species, he says. Uh, Robinson notes that He's team only tracked, which is the team in China, only tracked the bees for 34 days. So other factors such as blooming tides of flowers could have also affected their behavior. But if the Chinese researchers are correct, their discovery will help shape our understanding of how and why honeybees forage when they do. And that may in turn help in managing the impact of climate change and human activity on bees, which are the world's most important pollinating insects. Um, two things on that. Yes, go. go. Um, I love that there's a honeybee expert at the University of Illinois. Of course. I think this is because honeybees, there's lots of things. I always see on Facebook, people always post. Everyone's worried about honeybees. The honeybees are dying. David Cameron's killing all the honeybees. Um, That's our Prime Minister. Everyone knows that. Don't know why I explained it. Um, Yeah, everyone's killing. The honeybees are dying. That means the end of the world. And I've never quite understood the link. Jellyfish and honeybees or something, right? Why? I don't know. This is one of those things that somebody... I think... Okay, no, I think uh, there's, a, there's a misattribution to Einstein about bees, right? Matt, have you heard uh, about this? Have you heard about this, have you heard about this Matt? I have not. Uh, Einstein and bees. I feel like Einstein was like, when the bees start dying, that's when you have to start being worried. Okay, yeah. Uh, here's a gif. Not a gif. Just a meme. Not even a meme. Whatever you, a macro. Oh. An image with a text over it. If the bee disappeared from the surface of the globe, then man will only have four years of life left. It's on oh. a picture of Abraham Lincoln. Good God. And that's but it's very not, specific. I don't think it's real. I think it's one of those things yeah. that was just... Um, but I feel like if there's a honeybee expert at the University of Illinois, then there, then there must be something to it. The reason that they're very important. It's I, about... I don't, I don't doubt they're important because yeah. they pollinate. Um, yeah. But yes, there was an article on QuoteInvestigator.com. Someone was asking about this Einstein thing. And uh, the Quote Investigator says there's no substantive evidence that Einstein ever made a remark of this type about bees. Um, 
I th- it's worth pointing out as well that the honeybee expert at the University of Illinois is a box of Cheerios mascot. <laughs> That's just not true, is it? Right. It is true. Is it? Is it really? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. Have you Googled it and it's in front of you right now? Yeah, with God as my witness. Right. He's an animated professor. <laughs> He's a around <laughs> classrooms. He's a giant box of cereal and he has legs and arms. It's, and um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think... And that's what humans do, isn't it? You just you know it's going to rain tomorrow, so you, that's what my dad did. Does he get, have like get joints the garden that done? Get, does he? Well, I mean, you were saying he looks on the news and sees it's going to well, rain. We now have Google, of course. Okay. Uh, but but yes, no. Before that, though, I feel like people know. I think I feel like our forefathers were much more in tune with with our surroundings, their surroundings. I think they had to have an injury. You had to have like either a war injury, years. a bullet in your body, or like or a right. knee that had a sack of fluid that would change pressure and as we know all four all our forefathers all had bullet injuries or they all fought in the war um but there's all barometers actually my dad had a barometer and i think he could tell um and it was always outside obviously uh our house in germany and he could tell when the pressure was a certain thing that it would probably rain tomorrow yeah so he would do his work outside accordingly so i feel like that's probably the similar uh thing to have you seen one of those weather weather stones no it's like a it's like the ultimate dad joke i think it's just a rock on a string and there's a sign above it that says this this is a magical if it's wet stone. it's raining is it if that it's, if it's swinging it's windy if it's uh hot it's sunny if it's uh something like that yeah it's just a dad joke on a string i think yep here we go looks like a british thing actually it does john's weather forecasting is. stone yeah. stone is wet rain stone is dry not raining White on top, snowing, can't see stone, foggy, swinging stone, windy. That is a perfect dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, bees also get used for uh, uh, dr- or drug uh, checking, testing. Oh, right, right, right. There's a, yeah, they were talking about training bees to sniff, to be drug sniffers and possibly bomb sniffers, which one is of much greater value than the other to society. Yeah. What do you mean? Uh, apparently bees are incredibly good at being trained to detect specific chemicals right they're very trainable and they can be trained in a very short space of time they behave in you can train them to behave in certain ways when they're res- to respond to certain stimuli you can train a bee you can train a bee uh, oh my, do you think that do you think it would be a swarm of bees rather it wouldn't be a, an in a single bee yeah i believe the way it would work is you end up with this sort of detector container that has a certain number of bees and with a with some kind of um, sensor that can tell when they get stimulated by these chemicals, that they then respond in a certain way. So you put it near a suitcase, say, and if it detects certain chemicals that it's trained to detect in the air, it'll waggle or move in some specific Ooh. way. And then you... Like a picturing like a mesh cage, like they're all in a mesh cage or something. You put the cage near the bomb. Sorry for the yawn. Um, not a boring bee story, I swear. Uh, is that what it is? You don't let the, you don't let them lose. You're saying they're still contained, but they're near a thing. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna look this up. Uh, I love that with um, advancing technology, we go to bees. We go back to bees. Sniffer bees and sniffer wasps have been trained to detect substances such as explosive materials or illegal drugs, as well as some human and plant diseases. God, can you imagine it being at an airport and then a guy with a with a cage of bees? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, here we go. Goes they stick out the their line. tongue. That's what they do. So they use classical conditioning, being exposed to a particular odor, and then rewarded with a sugar solution. So it's it's all Pavlovian conditioning. Oh. Within five within five minutes, this is how quickly you can train a bee. They learn to associate the smell with an impending supply of food, and this triggers the proboscis extension reflex, which is basically them sticking out their tongues. Um, 
They've been shown to detect successfully detect explosive materials, including TNT, Semtex, and C4, as well as gunpowder and propellants. They can, wasps can be trained to detect the early signs of fungal disease on crops and may have medicinal value, identifying people with cancer just by being exposed to their breath. Which, I'd be worried if I went to the doctor and they just released some wasps into my mouth. Right, yeah, that seems a little... <laughs> Alright, say ah, uh, now release the wasps. I, I always think things like that. Who, who was the first guy that went, you know what guys, I think bees are going to be the thing that helps us detect bombs. Yeah. They, I'm going to train them. Like, who's the, who was the first guy that did that? He was after the guy who was like, I'm betting on snakes. I think poisonous <laughs> snakes are going to be your best yeah, bet. It's, it's brilliant. Um, How lovely. Well, not lovely. Yeah. Um, they can, bees have been shown to detect and respond to more than 60 different odors, including methamphetamine, uranium, and tuberculosis. They've been used to detect lung and skin cancers, diabetes, and to confirm pregnancy. It's not known if they can detect potential seizures in humans. Okay, thanks, Wikipedia. Researchers at the University of Georgia have built a device named the Wasp Hound, which contains the parasitic wasp species uh, Microplitis uh, crociepes. The insects normally walk around the PVC pipe in which they are housed, but begin to migrate towards the source of an odor when it's the one they were trained to recognize. These movements are tracked by a computer with small cameras inside the device, sending images to processing. Within 30 seconds of the wasp beginning to congregate near an odor source, an alarm is sounded. Mm. I want that job. I want to be that person that sits and watches, that does data entry on wasp behavior all day. I love scientists. Yeah, it's really what a brilliant the thing specificity. to do. Yeah, yeah. Hey, has that idea? Well, did you, brother, did you? Did you? Did either of you do science, by the way? Yeah, though that's how we ended it's up. Kind of oh, so I guess that, that's of. your kind of your main thing. Well, right? I, I, <laughs> I was maths, maths, and Andy was electrical engineering. You were electrical engineering, mm-hmm. and you were what? Sorry, maths. maths. You were maths. That's not science. No. It doesn't count. It's STEM. It's, it's like theory, yeah. isn't it? It's like it is. I mean, I guess you need maths for all science, and it is a science, technically. Well, I think that's what I liked about it. It was like the purest of the... Yeah. You know, that sort of... uh, Physics is applied maths, basically, and chemistry is applied physics, and biology is applied chemistry. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. And I like the fact that it was sort of the top of the chain. It was the yeah, it was yeah. the purest of the various forms. And I wasn't very good at engineering in a practical way anyway. I was mostly a math major also. Like when it comes to actual circuits, I was such an idiot. Like at my job, the last job I that's engineering job I had, um, I remember one time another engineer and I were trying to troubleshoot this circuit board for this projector that wasn't working. And he was like pouring over it, like trying to see what might be the problem. He's like, Maybe it's this and he pointed to a part and didn't touch it, like pointed as he, you think it's this? And I touched it and got like a huge shock. <laughs> and he was pointing at a part that you so obviously don't touch that it was like a <laughs> joke for him to even suggest. And the look on his face was a combination of like fear for my life and like, oh, I can never joke with Andy again. Like he wasn't even trying to trick me into t- It was so dangerous to touch. He wasn't even trying. He was like, there's no way he'd be dumb enough. We're just going to have a laugh when I jokingly suggest to touch this thing. And I had no it was idea like if you were a zookeeper and you went, hey, should we put up bulls in this lion's <laughs> mouth? Yes. Yeah, like, and maybe you went, that'll help. Okay, yeah, I'll just do it. I'll just lower my it, bulls. It's good for the lions. Yeah, yeah. So you learned a very important That look on his day. face, I, I was so disappointed in myself because uh. he didn't even laugh. He was just like, why would like, you do that? He lost all respect for me as an engineer. <laughs> he was like, oh, you're just an idiot. You tricked your way into this job. Yeah. I wasn't good at it. Um, yeah, while we are talking about drugs, 
uh, stupid, stupid British lawmakers. We talked a while ago. Uh, we had the episode with Johan Hari where he talked about his book and the war on drugs. Um, Britain's just done another really stupid thing when it comes to drug laws, despite all of the government advisors and every professional saying this is really stupid uh, and too general and just won't work and counterproductive as well. Um, they passed the Psychoactive Substances Bill, um, which will ban all psychoactive substances, which is which sounds like, oh, psychoactive substance, but it means anything that affects how your brain works. They actually had to put in specific exclusions yeah, for... Well, they had to put in specific exclusions for tea and coffee, alcohol, cigarettes, and food. <laughs> uh, so it's just a bullshit... It's, it's a bullshit law. The idea behind the law was supposedly to, to, deal, with the, to deal with designer drugs, because what, what started to happen is various drugs like... Uh, uh, 2CB or methadrone or things like that um, get released and then the government is constantly playing a s- sort of cat and mouse game where they'll they'll go oh shit there's this new thing then they'll ban it and then a similar chemical will come out so they thought well let's do it by inclusion rather than exclusion where you have to actively include something as legal uh, but it could it's the def- according to various experts the definition is so broad it could include things like the smell of bacon sandwiches. Because <laughs> that's psychoactive. That, you know, just the smell of is, a bacon... Is it illegal to spin around in a circle now? And It kind of... It almost is. Um, one, one member of parliament actually had to, in the, in the House of... During the debate, and it was all... It was, he was unsuccessful. One member of parliament who's openly gay had to make a speech um, advocating for the legality of poppers. <laughs> Uh, what are poppers? Poppers, otherwise known as amyl, is amyl nitrate amyl or amyl amyline nitrate? nitrate. Yeah. Um, is it like a muscle relaxer? Yeah, it's uh, it's sold it's sold normally in sex shops as room deodorizer. Oh, is that what? How they get but it uh, if you you sniff it and it makes you a little bit high, but more importantly, it's a muscle relaxer, which if you're a, someone who engages in specific sexual activities for which muscle relaxing would be useful which is particularly found amongst the gay community, mm. they're a handy drug to have. Oh, this was even a, a pet theory of... Uh, did I say about the engineer I worked with who was a creationist? Uh, and I, had these interesting mental gymnastics he would do to reconcile his engineering with, with, with like strict interpretation of the Bible. Like He believed the flood and all that stuff and Noah's Ark. And like his justification for that was that before the flood... No, I asked him about like whether he thought people lived to be like 800 years old in the Old Testament, and he said because before the flood there was so much moisture in the air, it weighed down in the atmosphere, and made the whole planet like a hyperbaric chamber. And you know how you live so long in those, the way Michael Jackson had such a long, long life because of those nights in the hyperbaric chamber he spent. Um, yeah, he believed that stuff literally, and he also believed that AIDS was uh, a hoax and that HIV didn't cause AIDS, and that uh, the disease of AIDS was actually caused by poppers and like other things like related to the gay lifestyle quote-unquote um uh, it's craziness like a bit, a bit of a leap, crazy yeah yeah well yeah. there there is about, there is, uh, yeah in africa is that poppers well? um i forgot what the african explanation was right. when i asked them about um that. there is a yeah. theory again wildly dangerously flawed that the hiv medication is what causes aids so but, uh, aids is not caused AIDS? by hiv yeah it's yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah, so bullshit yeah. and 
advocates for it have died. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's horrible. But yeah, um, this specific law, New Scientist, for example, published an editorial where they uh, firstly pointed out how ascientific and stupid the way this law is worked, and it's stupid for numerous reasons. Firstly, how wide and non-specific it is. Secondly, obviously the various things that Johan Hari was talking about in his book where prohibition yeah. didn't work. In Ireland, they passed a very similar law and found out that two things happened. Firstly, um, the use of those compounds, even though head shops where they were being sold closed, uh, use of the compounds has risen from 16 to 22%. So mm. use of the compounds has gone up. Also, use of all... People are switching back to the older drugs... So they're like, oh, I can't... Okay, this stuff's illegal now. I might as well go back to coke. Right, right, right. And meth. Um, and yeah, there are other various drugs and uh, these new smart drugs that may or may not work that students have started to take. They might get caught up in this. Um, I think nitrous oxide gets caught up in this, which is so... Laughing gas. Yeah, which you'll see at sort of festivals and stuff, people doing a drug out of balloons. Yeah, yeah. But nitrous is so unharmful. Well, is no it really? Ever, no one's ever gone on a, a nitrous oxide rampage and sort of no, stabbed. But I mean, can't you? Can't you? Uh, I mean, just from lack of oxygen, can't you have problems if you, you can't? If you, yeah, if you, if you just take pure nitrous oxide and you don't mix it with air in any way, then yes, it can. You can basically suffocate. Yeah. Um, but nitrous but that, state. Sorry, what are you saying? That's, that's like making it illegal to drink. You know, petrol. It's like nobody, right. <laughs> nobody's going to do it. As in no. You, just because something's harmful to somebody, potentially, you can't ban everything that's harmful to people yeah. because it's that's not kind of the point of free will. Yeah, this fire is still a legally uh, allowed yeah, thing allowed to have fire. in my house. I'm yeah. not going to go stick my face in it. Yeah, but, um, yeah and, and we talked about the um, skiing, for example, which carries a risk, a very definite risk of injury and death is legal. Uh, and people take that risk... Because of the knowingly because of yeah. rush you get in your brain. Um, yeah. But, yeah, nitrous oxide, I had a... I had a colonoscopy about uh, half a year ago, and they gave me nitrous oxide as uh, a sedative or whatever during it. And they said, they, I had two options. I had that or some other sedative that was an injection. And they said, if you have the nitrous, then you can drive yourself home 20 minutes later. Mm-hmm. You just had to sit around for 20 minutes while it cleared your system. And then doctors say, yeah, you are fine to drive 20 minutes after this stuff. And that's the been- drug that's being banned, right? Yeah, uh, yeah and that, that's being banned. So By the how, way, how was the high? Uh, it, it was very different to doing it in a field at a music festival. <laughs> Did you film yourself uh, in the car on the way back? Well, no, because no by sense. the car on the way back, I was oh, fine. I was boring. just normal. It was, oh, I was going to have huge yeah, I was just, on YouTube videos. Just chatting. But were, yeah. you, were, were you giggly when you had the... No, but I did get the sort of... I, I don't know if you ever experienced nitrous oxide, but yeah, you get... you. It, it becomes like the sort of the peanuts adults. You get like, whoa, whoa. Everything goes a bit, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah, yeah. whoa, whoa. So the... The sound kind of—it's like someone's—it's like someone's pissing around with the volume control on the sounds. Like yeah. everything just kind of goes whoa, 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 like wobbly. You get wobbly sound, and I got okay. that. And then twenty, and I was a big gabbly when it was going and on. You didn't care about the thing that was up your butt. No. Okay, well, that's the important part. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because it's more—it's not the sort of up your butt. It's the—it's the sort of going around Inside. the higher reaches of the colon bit. Oh, I know. God. You. Mm. Mm. Uh, but, but yeah, stupid, stupid law. Well, you do. You, I don't, you presume that you presume that, that someone's someone's had a you know 
there's been a think tank somewhere or they've consulted with somebody about yeah, it. But, but I think what consistently happens with these things is they they pretend to go to scientists and then they dismiss any view that doesn't support their claims. Right. Yeah. Because and there's a couple of members of parliament who've like um uh Paul Flynn and co-signed by Caroline Lucas had a early day motion in Parliament describing it as one of the stupidest, most dangerous, and unscientific pieces of <laughs> drugs legislation ever. Manifestly stupid, evidence free, and prejudice rich. It's you know, it's interesting because uh, having lived in or well, been in California for a bit now, um, I because weed, weed is, le- is legal here, right? Marijuana, you can get it if it, you've got a medical card. Yeah, it's yeah. it's effectively legal. It's effectively legal. So and a lot of people smoke it. I was in, literally on the metro yesterday, which I, I know that no one takes here, which is the equivalent of the underground. I took it yesterday. It's Did you? very convenient. If you you, as long as you live near a Los station Angelinos and going to where... I've met that has actually been on it. Because it goes nowhere useful. That's yeah. very true. There's, it's Yeah, it's, it's like one, two lines or something. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. There's more than that. Uh, but uh, I was on the train yesterday and quite openly this guy was dealing he had a massive <laughs> bag of weed and he was dealing and was was giving some to this girl and she was like no i paid you 20 dollars or whatever i want more and he was like no that's all you're getting and they were, she was openly inspecting it and smelling it on the right. tube <laughs> then there were actually everyone was very british about it everyone sort of pretended it wasn't happening and we all sort of looked the yeah. other way and I will um, say under california law that is still illegal oh i'm sure that's, <laughs> that's illegal. i mean like, i had no question that was legal but what's interesting to me is that you know i i i I know people here that smoke weed and and because obviously in the UK alcohol is is quite the thing. Mm-hmm. Um so I've noticed that people here who smoke weed it's they just seem they they do it in the same way that we would drink you know a glass of wine of an evening to sort of relax. Um or do MCAT. You don't think- I'm joking. I'm now trying <laughs> yeah. to bring it back to the the thing we were just talking about. Yeah. But what but what I'm saying about I guess what I mean is it's like legislating on people's free cho- free choice to do something that's you know, like here, if someone will, will smoke weed in the evening, and that there's, they don't tend to fight people or or yeah, get no. rowdy as yeah, as we yeah. do in London. So we're allowed to drink, obviously, and people do it and do copious amounts of it, and then and then all sorts of problems happen. Um, and similarly with those drugs that that you know the the new drugs that are being sort of cooked up in laboratories that are being taken by people my brother's age. Um, if they're not going to kill you, well, they probably. I mean, of course, anything yeah. in excess can kill you, but. What? If you're not, if you're not sort of, if if people in Mexico aren't dying because it's the crops are so valuable that people die, you right, know, right, right, right. transporting them, over, you know, do you know what I'm, I'm talking about cocaine? Yes. Um, but you, sorry, I'm, it's I'm an babbling. Kind of, it's no. the fireplace. I honestly, I can't. It's, I mean, it's, hypnotic, it's not the hypnotic. best. I should have turned it off. Um, yeah. But so yeah, I, I gosh, I don't know. I, I I don't know about any of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of. I don't know what you're supposed to do short of just legalizing everything, which I I know would be beneficial, but I don't, I don't know how that actually happens. Like you can't just do that overnight right now and expect things. Well, that's to... basically what they did in Portugal though. And it, but I think worked. it's small enough. If you just, uh, I mean, maybe you could overnight just do that. But that, I mean, that's, I think that is the way it's, it's kind of interesting in America It's happening state by state, but America state by state is gradually legalizing marijuana. Yeah. And now, now there's a few States there's quite a lot of states that are like America, like California, where it's um, medicinal marijuana, which means it's effectively legal because just about anyone can get a, a medicinal marijuana card right, if right, they right. put their mind to it. Um, I'm thinking about getting one just to get valet parking at my gym because there's a dispensary next to the gym and they yeah. take up <laughs> all the parking in this lot since this dispensary opened is weed. 
and no one that goes to the gym can park anymore, and it fucking sucks. I'm like, what if I just get the card? Just just get a just get one lollipop. Just go and get one thing, and then go to the gym. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then now there are a few states that it's just fully legal, and it's going that way. And me. And then in the meantime, Britain just goes stupid. Yeah. Uh, and also what happens with these designer drugs as they keep li- criminalizing different versions of them they get more dangerous so ecstasy is really relatively f- safe yeah and then it gets replaced by something that's more dangerous then it gets replaced by something that's more dangerous still and you you end up with drugs that people really can overdose yeah. on and do and end up in hospital on yeah i mean I, you just have to wonder what their actual motivation is because it's not public health clearly it's it's something else like it's just doubling down on what they've already established is their ethical stance on drugs in general or did your uh, creationist uh, engineer friend sleep in a hyperbaric chamber or did he not take his own biblical <laughs> advice he didn't that's a good point if you really thought you could live to be 800 wouldn't you be like I'm gonna do this all the time there is think. there is a, a story I think it was hang on who was it who sent this in I think it was Justin Broad that there is an anti-aging drug that actually does have some value Oh, uh, it was Chris Nelson that said Was it Chris oh, Nelson? Yeah. What is it? Tell me. Um, in the story in Nature, doctors and scientists want drug regulators and research funding ag- agencies to consider medicines that delay aging-related diseases as legitimate drugs. Such treatments have a psychological basis, researchers say, and could... Ex- oh, sorry, physiological, rather. That makes much more sense. Mm. And could extend the person's healthy years by slowing down the processes that underlie common diseases of aging, which would make them worthy of government approval. And on the 24th of June, uh, which is actually, this is a story of over half a year, so this would have already happened. Why are you sending in old stories? Uh, Researchers will meet with regulators from the US uh, FDA to make the case for clinical trial designed to show the validity of the approach. You You can slow down the aging in cells. You can slow down certain aspects, and I, I guess... There are, bran- there are branches of science that are devoted to investigating the way aging happens. Mm. Um, because it is s- certain repair... I think certain repairing pathways in the body stop, to function- stop functioning as effectively as you get older. And... Um, the, the, yeah. the interesting thing about this is that they're looking to set a precedent that aging is a disorder that you can treat with medicine. My goodness me! How... That sounds deeply, <laughs> deeply flawed. Uh, does it? it? Does it? That sounds know. like the most arrogant human mm, I don't response know. to nature. Well, apparently they have successfully <laughs> extended the lifestyle of various strains of mice by doing things like cutting down on calorie intake and taking a drug called uh, rapamycin, which is used to prevent the rejection of transplanted organs. Um, well, the five two or that fasting diet stuff—that was supposed to prolong your life and slow down aging. Have you heard? You know about that? I've the, heard of like micro or super low calorie diets, like dangerously low, but that slow you down and you'll live longer. Well, the fasting thing—I think the yeah, the principle of it was that if you starve your body, uh, the body needs to be starved because then it resets itself and boosts mm. your immune system and and slows down all sorts of aging. And it claims to be a cure for cancer—not cure for cancer, but like um, yeah. you know, all of that and. Uh, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I did. I tried it for one day. I was so hungry. You, you tried the five-two weekly yeah, diet yeah, yeah, for yeah. one day. I did. I tried it for one day, <laughs> and uh, and um, yeah, I was so hungry the next day. I, pr- I think I ate probably enough for about a family's worth of 
food for a week. What, the what next day, like, I feel like this isn't the principle of it, so I stopped. What were you allowed it. to eat for that one day? Oh, yeah, I think you're allowed something. Like, women are allowed 400 calories, so I think I had that. Was it? Do you know it was fine actually not eating? I didn't mind not eating, um, but I when I went to bed, my body was like, "What the hell is going on?" I haven't, you haven't eaten for, I, I can't, it went hot. I went all hot and panicky oh. and, um, cause I like food and my body likes food. And, um, so the fact that I, I'd, I'd sort of deprived it for one day, it was not happy. And I, I didn't sleep. I was filming Doctor Who at the time, actually, I remember. And I was filming the next day and I, I didn't sleep that night. I just, I, I hadn't been able to get sleep at all. So I was like, no, this is probably not a good, good thing to do. Yeah. Um, so then I, then I went into the, what do you call it here? Not a food truck, the craft services. Yep. Mm-hmm. and ordered everything one of everything <laughs> so that was yeah like I say a failed experiment yeah that's what I don't get about like starvation diets in general I was like I can make it through the day but like when I lie down to sleep my body is like you're gonna have to get up and get some, you're yeah. not gonna let you sleep unless you get up and get some food right yeah. now like yeah someone taught me that trick for long distance airplane flights Aeroplane flights? Aeroplane flights. Aeroplane flights. <laughs> Long distance flights, just really. Auto um, You sound like someone yeah. from the 20s. Yeah. Yes. Right, she's doing an aeroplane, aeroplane flight. flight. Um, that you, you're supposed to, because I can never sleep on planes and it really drives me nuts. And uh, you're supposed to eat a really carb heavy meal before you sleep, uh, before you get on the plane. Because mm. yeah. that's, that's it. If you're, if, you're, if you're hungry, you can't sleep. Fact. Um, I did hear uh, um, that the body clock, there's theories that the body clock is influenced more by when you eat than we previously thought mm-hmm. so one thing you should do when you do fly is forgo the meal on the plane if it happens to land during what should be bedtime because that it cause, happens to land during what should be so bedtime, so if they're going to serve you the meal eat. at what will be three in the morning at your arrival time at your destination's time zone uh-huh. don't eat don't have that meal because when you have a meal at what should be three in the morning your body clock then goes oh so this is still the day um, so if you keep eating, you'll never get tired. Because I thought we just established the opposite is the case. No, you just it'll just it it your circadian rhythm won't reset. Okay, so you should have a you should have a carb heavy meal before you get on the plane, yeah. so that you then have time to digest it. Have a carb and then heavy, you go to sleep. Yeah, have that carb heavy meal at what should be maybe nine p.m. Yes. Okay. And then you get on the plane and you tell the crew there, "Don't wake me up for dinner." Right. And I'm good. And then you try and sleep through till. Six in the morning. Neck pillow? No neck pillow. What's your policy? Neck pillow, but rotated to the front. Oh, so oh. you can lean forward on it? So it becomes a chin pillow. Chin pillow. Um, do you I, do inflatable or... Uh, memory foam. Memory foam. Okay. I do have a memory foam travel pillow, but I never use it. It doesn't work. I, I, to be honest, I rarely sleep on planes, but I, I have had the fortune of flying a business car or first oh, class a couple of times recently. Dr. Huo. And I... I but actually well because the bed is like oh well this yeah. obviously Full this is reclining. this makes a difference yeah. if I could actually sleep but what I will say is the first time I went went on a first class flight I was so excited that I spent the entire and it was to Sydney so it's quite a long flight it was like 14 hours or something and I spent the entire time ringing the call button for the air hostess air um, to bring me food, actually. Yep. So that's, that goes to show you're, you're right. Don't mm. eat food all the time if you're trying to sleep. But I was then like, again, you got, when's the next time you're going to be flying first class? Right? You've got to take advantage of the you, free... You, yeah, yeah, you've got to know. go for it when you can. See, this is the thing. I think you can ruin... It. It, I, just, I remember the first time that I realized that if I went to a comedy club, I didn't have to use all of the drinks tokens. <laughs> <laughs> because some comedy clubs will give you like three drinks tickets. Right. Normally because at some point in their past, 
they used to give you as many free drinks as you yeah. like and someone abused that privilege. So they'll go like, just here are your three drinks tickets. Matt? And you go like, you know what? You could just have two or even one or no drinks. <laughs> you know that's could not called, have a drink. You know that's, called, that's called growing up, Matt. Yeah. That's, that's called becoming a responsible this is, adult. This is foreign to me. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. If they're there. Yeah. It's well, like bottomless mimosa equals I have to try to find the bottom. I have to search... Well, that that was like this. Yeah, this this flight. I kept pressing the button. I was like, I want everything. I literally ordered everything on the snack menu at different <laughs> times. Like, can I have some popcorn, please? And then bing bong. Can I have some crisps, please? Bing bong. And can I have some nuts, please? And this poor air stewardess who's like, they clearly they are supposed to sleep at some point. Oh on the flight. shit! I yeah. did not let that poor woman sleep because I was so excited. But and they she, would have seen you and just gone like, all right, first time flying first yeah, class. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just how can you tell? Just like they're like, please go to sleep. I'm like, no, 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 I can't. How did can you I get possibly? alcohol or just just the food? You know, I didn't because I don't. I don't like. Drinking on planes, on plane, it can be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I get um, the hangovers. Really it is when brutal. they go like uh, the second you get on that plane, you go okay. So just, just, just to be clear, one more time, if I ask you for some crisps, you'll just bring them to me. <laughs> like, it doesn't I matter can how, have them, yeah, and I can eat them. But then once I've done with those, you you will bring me more crisps if I ask for that. And there's no limit on the number of crisps. It's like, like yes, yeah. madam. We've explained this to you three <laughs> times now. Do you, and do you know, so by if, if I ever if I if I become a regular flyer of first class, which I can't see happening anytime soon, um, it'd be like that scene from Wolf of Wall Street with Matthew McConaughey when he says to the waiter, he's like, keep bringing. What does he say? He's like, have you seen it? Yeah, I can't think. He's of like, you. bring uh, the martinis. Like, I want you to bring me a martini, and I want you to bring me another one. Four and a half minutes after that, and then at regular seven minute intervals until one of us passes out. <laughs> so I was like that with crisps. Yeah, I should have said. I should. I yeah. should. They, well, the more experience I get, the more I'll be like that. It's like buzzing. Her again, again. Yeah, and just she's bring like, me. Um, yes, madam. Uh, the rule f- for biscuits is the same as the previous <laughs> rule for crisps. And I was like, well, keep bringing them in five yeah. minute intervals throughout the whole 14 hour flight, and then we'll uh, be good. Once again, madam, uh, the rule for lemonade <laughs> is identical to the crisps and biscuit rules that we previously asserted. Oh, I should never be allowed to fly first <laughs> ever again. Um, so these, uh, yeah, there are a couple of different anti-aging drugs that look like possible likely candidates. Oh, we're still, one... still talking about that, are we? Yeah. Anti-aging. <laughs> Rap- rapamycin, which acts on a biological pathway involved in cell growth, is seen as one of the most promising ones. But over long periods of time, it also suppresses the immune system. Um, so, that's great. You live forever until you die of mumps. <laughs> and then the tame test, uh, is this other test they're doing, is for metformin which suppresses glucose production by the liver and increases sensitivity to insulin. The drug has been used for more than 60 years and is safe and prolongs healthy life and lifespan in worms and some mouse strains. Data also suggests it could delay heart disease, cancer, cognitive decline, and death in people with diabetes. So they call, plans call for the trial to involve three, uh, enroll 3,000 people aged 70 to 80 years at roughly 15 centers around the United States. The trial will take five to seven years and cost $50 million. Wow. Wow. Would you want to live forever? I don't mm. think so. Not even forever, just would you want to live till 200, say? I think 200 is a good number. I could do 200. I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Too long. Hang on, how much does your body decline, though? I think that's, and how much does your mind decline? Right. Because well, if, if you're just a wreck... And are your friends, are you watching all your friends die and you have to make new friends with like, who, is, is the whole world now like this or are well, you? Well, I guess, because I guess if everyone, oh everyone lived to 200 and, and it didn't, you know, if you weren't, if, if like in our life now, the, the only, maybe the last part of your life, you'd be sort of falling to, falling to bits. But yeah, if you could live most of your life healthy. In a good way. And, and your friend, you get to pick some people that can also live to be 200 so you don't have to like 
mourn well, the death would. of if everyone oh, if, if we, we all okay, could i'll get to would you want to yes yeah 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 sure that, yeah that actually seems like a no-brainer right that's like well why why wouldn't you want yeah. to do that i was thinking about this how like things slow down and i was like what if your brain slowed down and maybe that wouldn't even maybe it'd be a wash you would perceive time in the same so it wouldn't even seem like you live longer but like what if i said you could live twice as long but you can only you have to speak twice as slowly for the rest of your life you have to speak and walk twice as slowly, but you get to live twice as long. Oh, um, well, you could play cards and <laughs> you have to play cards twice as slowly. Um, well, that's a tough one. Because, that's that's diff- tricky because it's not like that's not an extreme. That's quite a gentle thing. So you would that might just drive you mad a little bit. A little bit slower, so you. I can't do it. You live like your life my, like that forever. That's like my my math teacher at school um, used to do that. I, I, I'll just die at the regular age. Well, that's the, that's yeah. The I feel like I don't know. Isn't it funny? The older you get, it speeds up. And I realised that was because somebody. Well, this isn't. It's 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 not that interesting at all. But it's. I realised that when you're seven, someone was explaining it. When you're seven years old, you only live seven a, years. So a that, year is so like fourteen percent like, of your life. Exactly. And now a year is like it's like two percent. I mean, it's about you know. Fifty uh, percent of my brain, life. So far. Yeah. That would make me two. That's not right. Um, but yeah, yeah. The last yeah. five years, I moved here five years ago this week, and I'm like, oh, what do I have to show for this? Terrifying. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I talked I talk to someone about when I'm back. When I was back in London over Christmas, I met up with a lot of friends that I started out in comedy with, and we'll talk about gigs that we did. And I remember when we did that gig in Leicester, and then go like, oh, that was a decade ago. Yeah, was, yeah. that was ten years ten ago. Ten years ago, I was doing stand up. Yeah. Terrifying. It is. I don't like it. I so don't slow like it. it down a little bit. Just slow it down a little bit. I think that the aging, my body, knock on wood, isn't like falling apart yet. I'm not having like knee problems and stuff. But like, I I'm more bummed about my brain, about my just like my. I, I just want the 21 year old outlook back. I just want that enthusiasm back. So, so would more you be than, happy being basically confined to like just unable to really move and walking like creeping along with a walker? But having the mind of a twenty-one-year-old, having a having a sharp, whip-sharp mind, mm. or would you, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a brain that's gone to shit and a body that's pretty good, or a body that's gone to shit and a brain that's pretty good? I guess the, the br- br- wait, the body that's gone to shit and the brain that works well. Yeah, that's a terrible choice. Well, if your body's gone, if your brain's gone to shit, you don't know. You have no awareness. Yeah, of, what does that even? Yeah, you, you're not. I guess it's a good probably best you're to just be aware crazy. you're alive and you're getting crazy laid though in the first scenario <laughs> <laughs> is your brain able to enjoy all the sex you're getting you see you still think you get loads of sex if you uh i think the d- dumb hot people have the most sex don't they probably is that scientific fact probably... google that <laughs> yeah guys i'm curious i don't know there's a lot of sex that goes on at like comic-con and yeah that... don't you think dumb people sex is probably the best classical sex, musicians as well i tell you classical musicians yeah oh yeah they Can't have all that. of it they have all, all, the, the sex. all the sex. It's probably like from, when the Olympic athletes get get together at, at, at the Olympic uh, Olympic village. village. Yeah, yeah, Olympic yeah. village. Oh gosh, I mean that's just. It sounds like fun, doesn't well, it? Goodness me, they're all they're the, the best top, of the best, the top specimens yeah, of their yeah. of physical types. It, except they all have, depending on the sports, right. they have weird bodies. Right, right. You could have like, like you could have the shot putter with like the um, what's the other extreme from shot putting? I don't know. Ballerina, sure. Yeah, yeah there is a ballerina. Olymp- Olympic ballerina. Yeah. yeah. But what yeah, is the, the tallest 
thing. Actually, gymnast is not a good example because if you're talking female gymnast, then they're creepily young. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they ship in extra condoms for the Olympics because they are all banging each other. And you know where the Olympics are being held this coming year? Uh, where the Zika virus is? is where it? the Zika virus is in Brazil, Rio Brazil. de Janeiro. Yeah, do you know about the Zika virus? I do not. Oh, I thought you said secret virus. Oh, no, no, no. Zika virus. The Zika virus. Yeah, this is... Uh, I'm surprised we haven't talked about this. By the time this episode's out, maybe this will already have come to a head in an even worse way than it already... Uh... That's a poor choice of word there, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, this is a mosquito-borne virus that is taking uh, South and Central America by storm. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to start to hear a lot about this because what happens is uh, it's a mosquito-borne virus. It's generally fine if you get bitten by it but if someone who is pregnant happens to get bitten by it there is a very strong chance of their child being born with a substantially smaller head and brain oh no that's awful yeah it's yeah. really bad yeah so and it's um, everywhere in brazil health officials say that the zika virus may have infected as many as a hundred thousand people in one city alone oh, goodness me and it has no symptoms 80 percent of the time but again it's cause it's blamed for causing stunted brain development in babies and about 3,500 cases of microcephaly have been identified in brazil so far in infants and babies have been born yeah yeah it's oh, pretty terrible God. so i mean like there have been huge public health um changes that are, like haven't some countries already tried to say hey everyone in this country don't have babies for the next year or two until we figure this out um yeah it's the most serious problem they've had to face in recent brazilian history and already it's become a globalized issue um the connection between zika and microcephaly has not yet been definitely established but there's growing evidence with traces of the virus having been found in affected babies and their mothers and their umbilical cords um so it can give you actual symptoms as the person getting it directly like fever rash joint pain conjunctivitis um but the real danger yeah is to pregnant women so this could be and if there there are travel advisories against um is it all of south america matt or uh it's a large amount of it and here's the really fun part it's in a part of the world uh that has relatively i think it's fair to say regressive attitudes towards contraception and right. abortion so how does it even work when the government says don't have kids for a year or two like uh, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of terrifying. Um, and then there was just an article in The Guardian about um, the World Health Organization just held an emergency meeting over the weekend to advise. And this, this would be a week ago by the time you're hearing this. So, again, there might be even newer news. Um, but, yeah, the World Health, Health Organization's Director General, Margaret Chan, said the virus was spreading explosively. Latest figures from Colombia released over the weekend offered support for her analysis, stating that there are t over 20,000 confirmed cases in Colombia, including 2,000 pregnant women, making it the second most affected country after Brazil. So, yeah, this is um, pretty terrifying. It's scary, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Do, 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 sorry, what were you saying? Do you sometimes, you sometimes see things like that on the internet, or when you first hear a story about, you know, a virus... I sometimes I go that's well this is it that's it this is how we're going right I mean this could be I mean what if it is this we're worried about everything else and then this mosquito thing ends up being um well I mean yeah what was the last one was it what was the last one was it Ebola yeah 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 um, and now Ebola seems to be pretty much contained I remember seeing um so this is not 
No, you're going to carry on talking about this, which make carry on. No, we can change this. No, 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 always... no, no. It's yeah. I can see. I'm seeing images on Google, which is uh, <laughs> horrifying. Carry on. No, no, no. I was just trying to see what the current travel advisory was, and if it's in fact true that. Um, hmm. Yeah, I guess some Caribbean destinations um, are recommended against. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- I, I I should have the definitive thing to tell everyone what to do and not to do as far as travel. But um, yeah, it's 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 not that much is known. We did have a listener write in an extensive, um, like too long to read. Look at how long this is. Sally Baker, who is a um, MD PhD at Tulane, uh, and actually she kind of wrote in saying she was excited about this from a purely like intellectual standpoint this being an area of expertise for her um yeah ashamedly because it seems morbid uh so it's a single strand rna virus it's in the family flaviviridae the same family of viruses as yellow fever dengue and west nile virus and uh transmitted by mosquitoes um and unfortunately that genus of mosquito is ubiquitous across most of the world including the united states and the virus is spreading geographically um, the mosquitoes day biting in contrast to the mosquitoes that transmit malaria, which are night biting. So interventions such as bed nets are less helpful, which is a bummer. Um, so, but still, uh, they do lay eggs in standing water. So removal of things like old tires and bird baths is a good idea. Um, once the infected mosquito bites the individual, the virus is inoculated into the bite wound where it likely infects immune cells called dendritic cells or the fibroblasts within the skin tissue those cells circulate through the body to the lymph nodes where the virus can then spread from cell to cell and spread from the lymph nodes to the bloodstream. And it likely spreads by causing the infected cell to undergo either autophagy or apoptosis, both essentially forms of self-destruction. And when the cell is disintegrated, the virions are free to infect another cell. That is a great facial expression you got there, Ingrid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm absolutely horrified right now. I'm also very impressed with Sally's knowledge of yeah, we have some Yeah, real scientists who write in. The, write in at probablyscience uh, at gmail.com or tweet us at probablyscience. Um, and she said that there are two syndromes that may be linked to Zika. One is the microcephaly we talked about in fetuses. The other is called Guillain-Barre. Uh, and again, microcephaly is just a very small head. Um, and Guillain-Barre is, oh, what is it? Um, it's a longish uh, email. I'm not seeing what that one is. Um, but I think the main thing everyone's worried about is the microcephaly in in fetuses. So yeah, I, I've I've heard. I don't know if this is definitive, but um, that it may even be the case that if you get it once and you're not pregnant, then you might be okay and then you can't get it again. So maybe it ends up being that the thing that we end up inoculating with is just getting the virus, like chicken pox style. I, I don't know. I've, I've heard that from maybe my brother. So maybe I shouldn't be saying that on the science podcast. Um, just go, go, go get it, guys. Yeah, just go get some Zika. Everyone just get it in you like now. And chicken then pox, chicken pox parties that we had as children when your yeah. parents used to yeah. make you mingle That's with other weird. children who had chicken pox. And super dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, how, but how do you think the world's going to end? Because I, I do as think it's viruses, humans? like viruses. I, I, I always, I think, I think. Do you remember Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman? Right, right, yeah. I really loved that movie. 
Um, well, that was about apes. I think it was an apes, wasn't it? It transferred um, and then it transferred to humans. Yeah, was it, it the guy from uh, Grey's Anatomy? Dustin Hoffman. No, but the, the Patient Zero, wasn't it? Um, oh, I can't remember. I don't remember that. He was in Can't Buy Me Love. Patrick Dempsey. I thought he was Ooh, the one that got McDreamy. Bit. He was on a plane. McDreamy. Okay, yeah. And maybe, yeah. But he was but on a plane. it's sort of all you know. Twenty eight days later, or films like that. I, yeah. I, they they sort of strike a chord with me. I feel like. I do like the idea of going out in a thing that takes everyone out. You know, I don't want to oh, die alone. No. Right, wanna, sure. I want everyone to die with me. <laughs> but that, but what, what if you're separated from your loved ones? That would be the worst. That, that if you're on the other side of the world, which is always my fear. Yeah. But so you don't think massive earthquake or meteor or? Uh, I think the meteor thing is very unlikely in our lifetime. Um, what about the super volcano? What about like Yellowstone blowing? What's that? So all of Yellowstone Park is a massive supervolcano, and if it blows, like most of not, I think like short term only, like most of the U.S. will die, but then it'll be like long term, you know, the world's fucked for a while. I oh think. My but gosh. that's and they're saying that there's like a ten percent chance in the next two hundred years or something, which is like really high, but that's still only ten percent or whatever it is. I'm making it up, but uh, and is it true? So that could be it. Well, with volcanoes. Can they? They can't predict when they go. They just go. No, but I think there's been more activity recently, or oh something. My I don't know. So me. Like, we could bet on whether it's Zika volcano. Meteor seems pretty low on the list. Uh, what else could be nuclear alien nuclear attack? War. Alien, alien attack. attack. Of yep. Well, nuclear war. That was that was you know. When that's you, all eighties. That's all that. That's yeah, right. Like, in sixties and stuff, you could go. I guess yeah. we're, we're all ch- children of the eighties in this room right yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else could take us all out? I mean, uh, just other kinds of. Other Zika-like viruses, or I just feel like you know what scares me about viruses is that, that when doctors talk about them, they always say there'll come a point where you know a virus mutates or becomes, and they 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 use words like they it becomes so efficient or intelligent right. as though it has its own has its own agenda agenda, right. which <laughs> make makes it chilling to me. You know, it's it's mute and mutated, yeah, to adapt. Well, vi- viruses are sort of incredible. Like people, I think. The people that studied them are sort of full of admiration for them because they're incredibly. Yeah, what are they? They're not yeah, exactly life, they? but they're not not life what either. What is that? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't understand it. Oh gosh. Well, great. That's a great thing to. Yeah. So Zika's a bummer. I'm, I'm bummed. Hey, you I'm know what isn't a bummer? Go on. What? The number of people who went to probablyscience.com and gave us money to help support this podcast. <laughs> That's true. That's not a bummer at all. The monthly donations from Matthew Arnold, uh, Anderson Jones. Jet, very thanks a lot, both of you, and then generous monthly donation from Justin Broad. Uh, thank you, Justin. And then I think it's a one-off donation from Victoria Riches, but very mm-hmm. appreciated. And then a a sizable one-off donation from Tyson Stagner, which is a great name. That's and, and an '80s baddie. How much? Name. Um, how much? We don't we don't like well, to discuss specific points. I can point to it. I can point to it. I'm pointing to the screen. Oh, okay, hang on. And uh, and the message he wrote: free space, free space, free space, free space, free space. Where is he? Where is he? I presume it's because there was free space to put a message in there, or was that oh, a reference to Tyson. a joke from an old episode? How I don't lovely! Know about. Yeah, right. It's very generous, right? Very generous. Yes. And and all the monthly donations are really yeah, so yeah. lovely. So thank you, thank you, our lovely listeners. That helps us keep this thing going. I hope none of you get the Zika virus unless you're men or not pregnant. That's so kind of you, Andy. Yeah, I know. Um, what also helps us is when people go to Amazon.com, uh, but click on our link first, or even Amazon.co.uk or Amazon.ca. If you shop via our link, we get a kickback, we get a commission. It costs you no extra. 
why not set that link as your bookmark? Exactly. And also it helps us out when you spread the word and tell people and write nice things about us on iTunes uh, and tweet and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Um, hey, should we do a quick little story? Before we... Sure, just to end on a non... On a this, is a, this is a pleasant story, I think. Um, do you have any idea how many ways there are to arrange 128 balls, like tennis balls, for example? 128 of them? I bet there's like seven ways you can arrange them. No, it's more than seven. Uh, a mathematician has been interested in the most efficient way to pack spheres together, but there are many more ways to arrange a bunch of balls. If you chuck them into a box and jiggle them around until they jam in place, there are multiple, uh, multitude of possible arrangements. What is the definition of, of an arrangement? Like, everything has to be immovable? It has to be kind of like pinned in place by balls around it in some way? I, I think it's... Uh, an arrangement is... A configuration is sitting on a point on a vast energy landscape. Think about it like this. As the balls jiggle loosely in the box, they have more energy, placing them at a higher elevation. Settling down into a jam state corresponds to the bottom of a valley, so they can't move into a lower energy state. So it's when they're all... The number of ways you can, for example, jam 128 tennis balls into a box. And it turns out there are... uh, uh, Stefano Martiani at the University of Cambridge and his colleagues have found a clever way around the problem which was previously thought to need a computer larger than the universe to count them Um, there are 10 uh, to the power of 250 ways to arrange 128 jam spheres which is considerably more than the 10 to the 80 atoms in the universe Wow. See, to the layman like myself, that didn't sound like that much. That's, that's like 10 that's, to the power of 250. That means a that's one... That's a quantifiable amount. Yeah. That means one followed by 250 zeros. One followed by two... Yeah, that seems doable. <laughs> yeah. So it's... Uh, so... Can you a, tell I did a, an arts degree? <laughs> so it would be like... Let me, let me try to like put this in. What's the biggest number you've heard of? The biggest number I've heard of personally? Yeah. Um, oh... Well, it, infinity. It goes million, infinity. billion, trillion, it would, you mean, quadrillion, it would be quintillion. One, oh, it would be effectively one million, 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 forty-one times. See, that's just how does that even? That's, right. What does that even mean at that point? I, I'm, I'm aware that I'm sitting with two people who did math. Yeah, it's like, what does that even mean? How can you even? There's that many different ways that you can arrange 128 balls. It's, then it's just all theory at that yeah. level, isn't it? Well, yeah, you, I mean, can't, you can't. There's no time. <laughs> there's literally no time to do that. It's... But then can you just say that that's what it is, but then no one's going to net... So, mm. so what they did, the way they did this, the team simulate, stim, uh, simulated a jammed packing at random and then effectively gave it a few nudges, bumping the balls into a high-energy state. Repeating this allowed them to map out the valley, giving them an idea of how much of the landscape it takes up. Doing the same thing for a total of a thousand packings gave the team the average size of a valley, but it took a while. Each valley required 300 hours, so it's a huge amount of computing time. And since they know the size of the entire landscape, dividing that by the average gives a good estimate of how many valleys and therefore jam packings there are, which gave them the figure of 10 times 10 to the power of 250. It's a very simple statistical argument. The challenge was being able to obtain a distribution, says Martiani, uh, Martiniani rather. It seems like a lot of trouble just to count some balls, but the technique could prove useful in developing a new kind of thermodynamics for real-life jam systems like sand and snow, uh, such as, for example, working out when avalanches might happen Mm. and modeling avalanches. Currently, this is impossible due to the high numbers involved. But this this idea was abandoned because it was thought to be numerically intractable, but we've we've shown that it can be done. So now they might be able to map things like... Yeah. Intractable is a great word, isn't it? Intractable. I like that word. I'm not sure I know what it means. I think it just sort of means 
unsolvable or unwieldy? Oh, I just wanted to, I should have asked it in context yeah. again. That's annoyed me that I didn't know that. The, the idea that they, they were trying to model this before and they abandoned it because they thought it was uh, numerically intractable. Nice. What is the actual See, it has definition? a practical application. There you go. See, so it's not just... Yeah. It's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a use for it. It's good. Um, Hard to control or deal with. Difficult. Stubborn. Intractable. <laughs> sounds like um, no, that sounds like someone I know. Um, that's rubbish. The avalanches are one of those things that I know are horrible to be involved in, and there's still a little but bit of me that thinks yeah. like I could I, I could, could survive it. I could surf my way to the bottom, <laughs> right? Like the guy who we all heard the story about with nine eleven, when like there was a guy on the roof, but then he just surfed the rubble down and walked away. Is that true? No, but it was like an <laughs> urban legend that everyone oh, right, wanted right. to have some positive story to like grab onto after that. I'd never heard that story before. Oh yeah, it was making the rounds definitely. Wow. Yeah, I feel like yeah somehow avalanche I would beat it. Like I would just know, yeah, and it would be cool for a second. Until it's not cool. Avalanche or tsunami? How would you prefer to go? That's a, I realise that's quite a horrible can I, question. No, can I, can I specify... Whether being buried alive or drowned, basically. Right, but does the avalanche... Uh, does it, like, knock me into hard things? Or am I just packed down You're by packed the snow? packed down by the snow. I'll take that. I'll take that over drowning. But then you, then you die slowly because I don't you know, can't but get you, out. No, you can't get out. But I bet you would die pretty quickly. I bet it would just like squeeze you to the point you can't take a breath. And then you're just kind of like, okay. Oh, God. Maybe. So it's really horrible. What horrible. I don't know. You would, you, you would drown? Well, I was, no, I didn't know that. There was a, there was a, there was a, um, there are signs all around <coughs> Venice Beach that say this is the, the tsunami, tsunami, safe zone. tsunami safe zone. Tsunami, right. yeah. But what's funny is like from one side of the sign to the other, it's just a flat road. So I don't understand how, how that, it's, right. I mean, how they've measured that. So presumably anything beyond the sign would be ruined, you know, would be destroyed Yeah, that's a good well. point. I thought it'd be like where it starts to go yeah, uphill. Yeah, exactly. There's no hill. So I don't really understand that. But um, who was saying, oh yeah. The tsunamis aren't usually very high. Like the one that was really destructive was only like eight or 10 feet. It's not right. the height, it's the period. It's like a eight foot wave that has a period of I still can't like, think unless it's happened you can't possibly know how it's yeah. do you know what I mean how far it's going to go up. but um, but, but I don't I'm not a scientist obviously so I don't know what, what I'm talking about but um, there's um, are you, you looking at the fake bird I'd never noticed that before there's a fake bird in the middle of this yeah. candelabra sorry there's lots of interesting <laughs> art in this room actually I've noticed there's a, there's a monk a monk lamp yeah it's sort of a monk candelabra isn't it that thing over there Oh, I thought you meant that. No, that. Oh, is there another one? I thought those were like six monks with no, no, candle that, holders. That's the Malam with like a monk. Yeah. It's weird. It's um, okay, sorry, you were saying. Oh, no. So so apparently there's um, people's greatest fears. Either either you're, kind of, you're the kind of person that would rather drown mm-hmm. or you're the kind of person that would rather burn burn to death, burn alive. Oh, the burn, burn is way down the list. That's the worst. No, no. You no. think that's the worst? What about you? Well, burning, though, you sort of suffocate before you... Burned, don't you? Still, I don't. I'll take drowning over that. I'll take drowning over that. I'll take avalanche over drowning. Matt, I take drowning. I'd go drowning. You see, interesting. See, this is, a, this is to prove the point. And I think that's just because apparently there's a point where you just reach acceptance and you have a moment of serenity. Oh, you would rather drown than yeah. burn alive, right? Yeah. Because I want that serenity. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you want maybe, finally, you know, maybe right. finally to achieve yeah, that serenity just for the first time in my life <laughs> that eluded you in life for once. <laughs> I mean, I would like to go, I, I ideally, there's some kind of scientific breakthrough that lets us not have to age until we go, and that happens quickly, but barring that, like, still not, still a little bit like 180, 
and then I'm somehow still able to surf, and then I drown surfing. Like that'd be the best. But oh. I don't want to drown in a tsunami because it's like dirty water. It's like gross. <laughs> but like if it's just like clean ocean water, I don't mind taking a lungful of that in. Kind of does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Is that weird? Of course, that we're makes in a sense. crystal clear lake. Yeah, yeah. Surrounded by virgins and right, exactly <laughs> mermaids and stuff. Yeah. Are there freshwater mermaids? Ooh, oh, I don't I know. Think, no, I think it's salt, it's, salt water salt only. Water. Okay. Yeah. What would you do, by the way, with all these? Um, well, I ah, it's, a, it's because for me, suffocating is one of the one of the most horrible things. The older I get, the more um, I can't be in enclosed spaces for fear of suffocating and not being able to move. I, I had to do like a head cast, one of those. Oof. Uh, oh, uh, what was whole, that for? Whole head cast. It's actually for, for Watson and Oliver. We were having we were having prosthetics done, and uh, so they, they cover your whole face in in um, plaster of Paris, and, and they just like leave two straws. They for your stick nose. two straws up your nose, mm. so your mouth is sealed, your ears are sealed, your eyes is everything sealed. And my comedy partner, who I was doing it with, she, with Lorna, she uh, of the two of us, I'm the sort of you know, oh, it'll all be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't make a fuss. And so, and she went first. She was great. She was absolutely fine. Not worried at all. And then I did it, and I wasn't even worried about it. But the minute minute I couldn't breathe, the minute everything was shut, I started. My body reacted. It was a physiological reaction, and that I had no control over. My my heart started going, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And some they had to people had to cut. They had to stroke my hand and and sort of calm me down because because they were like, "We can either rip it off you now, but then you have to do it again." So it literally only like, takes let's like just get you through this. Let's get you through this. But as, and when they finally took it off, I was like, wow. And I think it, that's flicked a switch somewhere in me now that I can't, I find it very hard to say so things like drowning. The idea of not being able to breathe would, would actually, would, would, would I actually feel sick just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I, but burning can't be much better, can oh, it? Oh, come on. Yeah. That's... When you're aware of your own pain. Or maybe you just pass out after. Do you know, how I'd, again, like to, heard... do you know how I'd like to die? I've just, I'm sorry. I've not, this wasn't okay. an option that I gave to you, which is slightly unfair. Um, falling out of an aeroplane so that you're, you're flying for a bit mm-hmm. and then you, you're unconscious because of the height differential or something. What's the, what is altitude? If I was that high up that you pass out. You're saying because of the low pressure? Yes. You is that a plane? thing that happens? The lack of air? Uh, yeah, I don't know that's if you kind would of pass, would you pass out? It depends well, how I mean, high the plane is. If you, couldn't, if you couldn't get enough oxygen, if you couldn't draw enough oxygen into your lungs, but then that's kind of like the same feeling of suffocating. Oh, great. But then you'd be passed out so you wouldn't know. Yeah, I feel like that would be a gentle way. If it's way. very high up, you'd be very cold as well. Oh yeah, you'd want to be wearing like a sort of foil suit mm-hmm. for warmth. Basically, there's no also, idea you kinda, way. You kind of instantly <laughs> just... get the bends if it was if it was low enough pressure to not have enough oxygen for you to survive. You're probably also going to be low enough pressure that like you're going to have expansion of nitrogen bubbles in your blood, and you're going to have like the bends. So your whole body is going to be Explodes. in extreme pain. Oh my god! But I want to die of old age, please. Thank okay. you. Okay, guillotine. Oh my god! But then here's another thing I just remembered reading about, which is that when you burn to death, or when you almost get, when you get severe, severe burns, um, like if you heard about the Man Gulch Fire, there's this famous fire in Montana. No. There's a book called Young Men in Fire written about it. Um, yeah, there was this thing called a blow up, which is sort of like what happened. Sort of like the movie Backdraft, like when uh, when the air in a fire it's a really rare thing it's, it's never been photographed maybe it's even sort of mythical but um, like I think air gets so superheated and all the oxygen gets consumed out of it but then it's like the remaining air is still getting heated way beyond the point of combustion and then suddenly an inflow of oxygen comes in like a wind changes or something and then the air itself explodes so this huge explosion 
fire thing that happened in this gulch and these firefighters, smoke jumpers that would jump out of planes and like try to like dig trenches around fires to stop forest fires, got caught having to run up this hill and trying to outrun this wall of fire that was catching. They were running like waist deep dry grass. So this giant like 30 foot wall of flames chasing them up the hill. And one of the guys started his own fire in this grass and then waited for it to burn out to like a five foot circle, then like covered his face in a handkerchief and lay down in the ashes because the, the stuff can't burn twice and the fire is going to burn around him. But they never trained anybody in that. He just somehow thought of that. And that worked? He survived. Some of the rest of the guys made it to the, how on, even, on the top how of How do you the, even make that fire quick enough? Because they still had, like, they had a couple hundred yards where the fire was. It's just they had to run up a hill that was like another half mile steep uphill. Right. And get to these sort of stegosaurus back rocks where there were like passages between them so it's a crazy tragedy uh, and like t- 10 people died two or three made it over the ridge the one guy survived in that thing then there was some debate whether whether the fire that killed everyone else was the fire that he started or was it the wall of flames coming up and the book kind of investigates that um Goodness, man. but then the crazy thing is so one of the guys who made it to the top but he was burned like completely but he was alive and then the other guys who were fine we're having to console him and like lie to him and tell him he's going to be fine when it's like he's going to be dead in 30 seconds. But like he was euphoric because I guess that happens. Like it kills all if it burns all of the like nerve endings you have, you don't actually feel any pain from it. And you get this like you get this unquenchable thirst and this feeling of euphoria. And so he was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm going to be fine, guys. And they're just looking at him like, oh, you're going to be dead mate. in a minute. Yeah. Oh, my God. So maybe if you. Dying a fire, maybe it's euphoric. Kind of. Well, isn't that well? Actually, uh, that's where the phrase "happy as Larry" comes from. I think. Do you have that phrase here? No. What does that mean? Do you, we have "happy as Larry." Yeah. What? So when you say just someone's really happy, you go, "Oh, he's happy as Larry." That comes from, I think, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Now you're googling it. So unfair. That's Google. I don't have that. Um, I believe it's from Saint. I think it's La- is it Lazarus, or maybe it was Saint called Saint Lawrence, who was burnt alive at the stake, and okay. as he was burnt, he was sort of smiling and happy. Maybe that's why, because all his nerve endings had been burned away, yeah. and he Hang had on. a feeling of euphoria. Have I got that completely wrong? I think you might have done. See, that's such a see. That's so annoying. I could have just told that story. I like this story None of though. us would have been any the wiser. <laughs> and stick you... with that version, then. Fuck it. Let's stick with that. <laughs> no, thank you. Let's stick with that because I yeah. like that. Um, and by the way, listeners to the show, if you have a way that you'd prefer to die, mm-hmm. uh, let us know. Write into probably science at gmail dot com and remember to mark your envelopes. How I will die. <laughs> <laughs> nice light ending to yeah. the show. Um, um, do you have any shows coming up? <laughs> now that we've established how we all want to die. Any things you want to plug? Oh, that I want to plug? Yes. Oh, I never plug things. Never plug things? No, just, no. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I'm on Twitter, though. I always like new Twitter followers. Um, yeah. And that handle is? It is Ingrid Oliver 100. Oh. Um, because and actually here we go because I want to live to 900 that's what that's nice. what that was about I don't think there was another English Oliver or maybe there was and I had to choose a number and I thought 100 sounds like a good, a good, good age um, you didn't pick a date or your age at the time which is good because those are no. those are uh, those are ever changing because otherwise I would have picked 1995 obviously mm-hmm. um, but yeah so just my Twitter handle that's at it Ingrid Oliver 100 mm-hmm and I'm at Andy T. Wood. Matt is at Matt Kirshen. And the podcast is at Probably Science. And also check out at Jesse Case. Uh, yeah, thank you so much 
uh, for joining us, Ingrid. My pleasure. Can we all have some whiskey now? Let's have some whiskey yeah. and enjoy this fucking I feel fire. like we need to listen, listen to some uh, Tony Bennett with this fire and whiskey. Mm, I like wearing, it. Let's get the actual Tony jumpers. Bennett over here. Listen, I, I'm sure, I know you've got that kind of power. Just make it happen. It's Hollywood. Come yeah. on. He's got to be close by. Yeah. I, if, I bet if anybody lived... Yeah, I bet Tony Bennett's a Valley celebrity. Right? He'll be, he'll be down at the Foxfire yeah. doing karaoke. <laughs> with Mr. Belding. Let's make some calls, guys. Let's make some calls. We'll make it happen. Questions, comments, clarifications, probablyscience at gmail.com. You can tweet us yeah. at probablyscience. Uh, you can go to probablyscience.com to find all of the episodes and the links to all the stories we talked about. Uh, please subscribe if you're not already subscribing. Please follow us on Twitter and follow our fantastic guest, Ingrid Oliver. Ingrid, thank you so much for joining us. My absolute pleasure. I've learned so much. Thank you. <laughs>